Hello everybody and welcome back to the Real Time Podcast. This podcast is for those who are looking to become inspired and level up in all aspects of life. The Real Time Podcast brings you content of real value through being open, honest and upfront about how things are to provide real and constructive advice on how to start stepping up and becoming your highest self. Well then, what are you waiting for? It's time to get real. episode we are going to be speaking with a psychology grad turned fashion designer whose dream is to launch her own lingerie and evening wear brand that is coming in November 2020. Her brand is all about crafting an elegantly bold design with uncompromising quality but most importantly she is passionate about supporting other small breasted women like myself Her brand not only designs lingerie that flatters small women's busts, but it's also about creating a space for women not to be ashamed of their body types. It's her vision to not only empower women, but to teach them to love themselves more for who they are and to feel confident in the skin that they are in. I am so excited to share this interview with our special guest with you guys today. So let's just dive straight into it. So I am so excited to introduce our special guest for today's episode. Welcome to Priya K. Hi, how are you? Hi, Emily. I'm great. How are you? I'm wonderful and I'm so excited about this episode. I've, you know, done my own digging and learned a bit about you so far, but I'm so excited to learn so much more and hear about all of your incredible passion projects um, and for you to just share some insight um, with the listeners today. So I'd love it if you could just start off this episode by sharing a bit about who you are, what it is you do and all of that fun stuff. So in a nutshell... I am a psychology grad turned a self-taught fashion designer. So I decided that I didn't really want to pursue a career in what I studied, which I think is the classic example of most of us. Yes. <laughs> and then I basically, you know, graduated and was lost for a while and decided that I want to do something that's really creative as like a main thing in my life. So I decided to get into fashion and then I had an idea that I want to start a fashion brand basically specifically for um, laundry and evening wear that's designed to flatter. Especially for a small bus woman like me. And me. <laughs> no boobs. <laughs> I feel that on a personal level. Wow. Um, yeah, no, that is um, so funny how much uh, your journey kind of aligns with mine as well. I'm literally going through that exact same thing. I've just finished my degree and I'm like, no, I do not want to borrow this industry. Um, so I feel you with that one. Um, so what has, you know, the journey kind of been like for you in the whole process of discovering your purpose as a designer? Because making a shift from being a psychologist to a designer, they're like polar opposites. So like, you know, where, where, tell us a bit about that. Look, Emily, I think that, you know, I'm always that one person that was like, where's my passion? What is my one true passion? Because when I was doing psychology, I always feel like I I did really well at it and I love it to a certain extent. But, you know, when something is not completely right for you, that's how I felt. And then it took me a bit of a time where I was like, what do I actually want to do? 
And when I was young, what I really wanted to do was being a professional ballet dancer. <laughs> that's completely out of the blue, but that's what I wanted to do. And I knew that I have this creative part inside me. But I also have this imposter syndrome thing where I was like, ah, oh, I'm not that creative. Like, you know, getting into that career, no way. <laughs> so then that's why I was hesitant to jump onto it right from the beginning. So the whole journey for me was almost like, you know, not just starting the business, but the business itself is almost like a self-discovery journey because my brand obviously, you know, is an extension of who I am as well. So then it's really interesting because I have shifted myself from someone who's always be like I need to know what I'm doing in the next 10 years five years is where I'm going to really just allow myself to explore explore everything and I think that still feel weird to me sometimes but I think that has been you know really really amazing Yes. And yeah, you mentioned imposter syndrome and when that self-doubt starts to creep in and we're like, oh, but I can't do that or oh, I'm not ready for that, you know, and, and that imposter, that inner critic is really coming into play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's awesome that you were able to overcome that and discover, you know, your, your passion and pursue that purpose in designing. So congratulations. That's honestly so exciting for you. Now, um, you did mention earlier on about the flat chest niche and then you also no just- No booby squirrels. <laughs> I feel <laughs> you on that one. I mean, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. There are so many perks that come with it, but anyways. <laughs> so obviously, you know, you did mention branding as well. Would you say, when you say that, you know, you are your brand essentially, tell, tell me about mm. it. Tell me about this. What, what's the branding process like for you? How did you come up with your personal brand? How does the, uh, the flat chest niche kind of like also come in and um, have a role within developing your brand? For sure. I think for some weird reason, I always knew that I love laundry. So that's why I started. Like I always am fascinated by lace. I, I love to see the details of the lace. I love lingerie. And I love, you know, being a bit fancy, but like kind of evening wear. So that's kind of where my interests kind of come in in general in fashion. Um, and then I guess with the small bus thing, obviously it is something that I have experienced, you know, my whole life. And it is something that I wish that when I was young, you know, there's some sort of role model or someone saying that it's okay to just have this body type because you know sometimes like people in school like the kids in school they're just brutal <laughs> and I just grow up being like you know called down and being you know body shame with having no boobs I guess and I think there was a, there has been a trend towards kind of curvier size and obviously plus size which is has been amazing but at the same time I really see that um you know, no one really talk about this niche of like having no boobs and everyone kind of geared towards, I guess, either not talking about it at all or, you know, going for boob jobs. And I mean, it must be a common problem. Otherwise, you know, boob jobs wouldn't be that popular, right? So that's, I guess, where I started to think, to be honest, at the beginning, I was, I was almost like, I don't know, embarrassed to talk about it when I started my personal branding on social media and I'm really active in my Instagram in terms of this stuff. And I was like, I want to say to people that this is what I stand for. But at the same time, if I say that, would people just don't want to hear it or are they just going to body shame me more or are they just going to feel like, oh, this brand is not for them? Um, Because I actually do, you know, for, I guess, laundry for all 
you know, sizes, not just like, I guess, no, no boobs, <laughs> but you know, for all sizes and stuff like that. And to be honest, being, having no boobs is not specifically just for small people. You can be curvy and you can have no boobs. You can, you know, be any body shape and you can have no boobs. And that's what I really want to come across. So I guess, yeah, there was that element of my personal experience and the element of my passion in lingerie. And that's kind of, you know, solving that problem. But also my love of just having that elegantly bold kind of, you know, fashion branding that really flatter your body. So I think that's how it comes together. Yes, I love that. So you really like found a gap in the market and you've run with it. You're creating your own business around it, a brand around it, a product around it. It's amazing. I'm so excited for you. Um, But you mentioned about like, you know, the sort of embarrassment that you had when you were first Mm. kind of starting to share and promote over social media. So how did you really overcome those feelings of embarrassment and become more open on social media and get to that place where you are now where you're a lot more comfortable sharing your content and promoting your brand you know what Emily when I posted my first um social media post about like oh yeah I'm actually starting this brand because I have no boobs (laughs) and I want to solve that problem I think I only have like what 200 200 followers but I got like probably I don't know like 800 likes or something for that just one post and then for some reason I was like wow people really resonate with me you know and it's by posting more and talking more about it that I realized that there's so many people that's resonating with me so it was kind of the opposite thing where the more I talk about it the more I'm comfortable with it and it's like as I said a journey for myself as well because obviously I think everybody whatever body type they have they they're probably gonna have something they don't like about their body you know it's like normal and i think yeah it's a it's a journey for all of us you know so yes it is it is and it's funny how you mentioned that because it's generally you know you go into these new things these new experiences businesses all of that filled with fears and self-doubts and all of that and you forget that other people probably have the same sort of thoughts as you do. So other people exactly. are struggling with similar things. So then when you do get the courage to stand up and be come open about, you know, the things that you want to be open with, and then you do get that support, you, it's really it's really uplifting to see that there is a community around you of, of people who can relate to you and do appreciate what you're sharing. So that's really awesome. The exactly. Other- Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you was, um, because obviously you've built this business for yourself, you've created this brand for yourself and you're creating these products. So what has kind of like the process of creating your own business been like for you? Like, uh, what's the sort of behind the scenes of starting up a fashion business like? You know, the reason why I started my, I guess, Instagram so early on, because I'm actually launching hopefully the end of this year, if COVID doesn't hit us too hard because I think it's it's a process where fashion business is not easy at all I thought that you know people have this perception that fashion is glamorous you know when you look at big brand they always have amazing story they have amazing studio and they have they have amazing model but the truth is when you actually just started out it's just not glamorous you know, and you're just working, packing your own packaging, finding your own, you know, smallest label. And it's a very 
I think it's a very difficult business to be in fashion. And I, I think I didn't realize that, I guess. And when I started, <laughs> I think that's what we all do. We don't really, we want to do certain things. And then we, when we get to it, we were like, oh, that's what, it li- that's what it's like. <laughs> and I think, you know, it has been a process where every day I'm learning something new. But when you think about fashion or any product-based business, you have an element where you actually have to think about the cost you know, the money that you have to have to fund the business and all the logistics and all this, you know, the supply chain. And it's not just, you know, I'm going to talk to this person, they're going to sew it for me and they're going to produce it for me. I get the product and I'm going to sell it. That's not the case. Every moving part, you know, matters because even saving, I don't know, $1 for ordering three meters of elastic or 10 meter of elastic. That's a lot of savings for a business. And I think that's why as well, you know, people have to, I guess, decide if they want to just do fashion design or they don't want to do just pattern making or they actually want to be the business person. Because honestly, fashion design probably take, I would say, no more than 3% of my whole, you know, time. Other times I'm just doing social media, marketing, sourcing stuff, you know, costs and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, that's the reality. <laughs> yeah, I, it's definitely not as glamorous as people might think because I, I'm not too sure if you've heard the story of, um, have you heard of Sarah Blakely before? She's the lady that founded Spanx, the company. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And her story is just absolutely incredible because she is officially the first self-made woman billionaire. Um, and mm. her journey with Spanx was just insane. Like how you were talking about creating patterns and stuff. Like she had to put all of her savings to be able to create her first samples and this and that and this and that. And oh, like no. physically, like I remember I was listening to a podcast, what she was on. And she said that when she finally found someone who would be willing to put her product in the store, she then sent every single person she knew to go buy the products and she personally paid them back so that it looked like her product was selling out. And like, that's the sort of like commitment you sort of need when you're starting a business from scratch. Like you need to be willing to go beyond you know and and make beyond 100 percent. and you have you know you probably have your day job or whatever and you just have to you know suck it up that the money that you made will be put in your business and you wouldn't be able to i don't know if i want a cartier bracelet or something you know i won't be able to see that for many years because we have to you know recycle the money or whatever and i think i guess being a millionaire myself one other thing I find really difficult is being patient. Yes. And I think we have to just admit it that, you know, like that example that you just gave and most people, they take, you know, five, if not decades to just really work on their stuff until it's like really hit off. And so I guess it's just very, you know, it's, it's something that you really need to be patient about it. And I still, you know, practicing what I'm preaching. <laughs> No, definitely. I completely understand that though. And I mean, as long as you've got the, the, the right mindset there, you know, like as long as you can acknowledge that this may take me 10 years to make it successful, but you've got to be willing to see it through because the reason why most people's businesses fail is because they quit at the beginning of the game. Like if, 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 I think like if someone's listening to this right now, 
and you've been in business for like not even six months to a year and you're already mm. you know, wanting to quit, then you need to get out of that mindset because it takes guts and it takes grit and it takes hard work over and over and over and over again until those results do start, like start to show. So um, thank you so exactly. much for highlighting that. And I mean, I mean, it's also self-awareness. You know what I mean? I think there's this also, I guess, hype around entrepreneurship and for many good reasons, because it gives us freedom, it gives us, it gives us whatever we need, the time, you know, that we wouldn't get if you be working a corporate job. But at the same time, you have to have that self-awareness. Like I said, do I actually want to be just a designer that can work on my designs, you know, and, and really just draw and stuff like that all day? Or do I actually want to take this responsibility that honestly, nothing to do with designing? And that's probably the same thing as everything else in, you know, entrepreneurship. And being able to audit yourself and just jump onto it. Like, to, to be honest, I jump onto this purely because I said to myself, okay, I'm interested in fashion and I'm afraid of it. I don't know if I'm going to be successful, but I would rather do it and know that, okay, I didn't like it after all, or okay, I've done my best and it didn't work out rather than regretting the rest of my life that, oh, it, I could have done that. You know what I mean? And at the end of yes. the day, you know, this conversation now, I might catch up with you again, your podcast and six months time and I go, oh, look, Emily, I realized it wasn't for me running a business. That's okay. You know, that's okay too. Yeah, it's not it's, a failure. It's okay to realize that as well. It's okay to have those sort of realizations after you have given something a proper try because you, you never know until you do try. Um, mm. But speaking of the whole like entrepreneurial thing and creating businesses and all of that, what was your startup process like? So for example, me with my podcast, I've gone through this whole brainstorming process to figure out how I'm going to monetize it, how I'm going to create my brand and all of that. What was the process like for you? So as I said, because I'm a self-taught, right? I don't actually have fashion degree or well, industry experience. It's a bit hard for me because obviously, as I said, there are so many moving parts in fashion. So when I started, what I did was I joined a few mentoring programs. So I started um, from this fashion mentoring program. It's called the Sample Room. And they do kind of like end-to-end -end kind of, um, I guess, mentoring plus also a manufacturer for me. So then I get that help where I don't really kind of need to know everything completely as an expert per se. And they have helped me with that process. And I also joined other mentoring groups as well. Like, you know, when I started my social media, oh, I absolutely hate Instagram. I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. So there were a few things that I, I knew that I needed help. I knew that I needed to upskill myself. And, you know, it goes back to that imposter syndrome because if I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, I will feel just like really crappy about myself. So I guess when I first started, I, I looked for a community. I look for help and at this stage you know I'm kind of stabilizing with a few things like social media I'm quite confident with it um, I guess it's it's to the point where I'm thinking about okay which part can and I'm, I'm happy to do it and which part I'm looking to I guess outsource like for example doing website SEO or doing I guess copywriting, is that something I want to do? I can do, but do I want to do it? Does it drain me? You know, that's the point that I, where I'm at. Obviously, though, these decisions come with, again, cost. 
so that's you know the decision that you have to make as a business owner well, but sometimes yeah. investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. And uh, you need to kind of sometimes spend money to make money. You know, you can't expect mm. to like um, kind of just go through life assuming how to do things. If you really want to elevate yourself, then you need to be willing to kind of, you know, dedicate a portion of may- maybe one month you decide you want to invest in a program, then maybe apply that knowledge you've learned. And then if you want to go and invest into something else, go do that. But I'm a strong supporter in investing in yourself. Um, I absolutely love jumping on board with different sort of mindset programs, business programs, Mm. all of that, because you can never learn too much. Like you can honestly never learn too much. Yeah. And having that community as well, you know, like around you. I think that's exactly community and support are other just big things to really, really help make the process more enjoyable and easygoing. So I guess then like, what are some of the biggest challenges you've experienced in this whole business um, building process? I think feeling overwhelmed, like, because I am really high energy and I will always do things. I will start my day. Once I start my day, 8 a.m., I just keep going and going until midnight or whatever. And with, when you start out a business, there's no, you know, when you're doing a business, there's no, I guess, clear roadmap you just have to there's more things to do just more things you can always do more and I definitely noticed you know the patterns where I would just do a lot of things and just started to be completely burnt out I remember during July um, after my birthday my birthday was on the 8th and then I was like I felt so good and then just a couple days later I just felt so burnt out and I need to sit down with myself and I was like, okay, let's do a mid-year reflection. We need a new routine. And I, I previously, I wasn't a big believer of routine because I was like, it's such a hype. <laughs> and I'm one of those people where like, if something is popular, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not following the trend. But then I really need to sit down and was like, okay, what's, what's the routine that I need? You know, what's the data I need to block out for certain things? Like, for example, I'm blocking out Saturday is my uncompromising craft day. I'm going to be do doing like watercolor painting or sewing i'm not gonna work you know and i think that that's was so important so yeah burning out overwhelming that's the the challenge it's kind of like you know when people say you are your own worst enemy (laughs) yes well i mean when you start your own business you become your own boss so you really Mm. don't have strict hours that you're working because someone's not telling you show up at nine leave at five so then you can fall in that cycle of overworking and burning yourself out and so therefore it's important to be setting boundaries because you need to make sure that you set personal boundaries for yourself to ensure you're getting rest but i mean if you're in a relationship as well you need to be ensuring Mm. that you're still dedicating time to your partner and all of that so it's really really important that yeah you do create those sort of limits for yourself so one thing that you were talking about earlier on in this call is mindset and the importance of having the right mindset um within a business so is mindset something you're actively working on for yourself and if so what sort of things are you doing to build your mindset like are there daily activities you're doing is there you know i'd I'd love if you could open up about a bit of that oh definitely 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 daily and i think that it is something that i've been working on for a very very long time because when I was in my undergrad, I went into a really bad depression, like really, really bad one. And, you know, it's probably, you know, we can go on about the whole 
psychoanalytics theory and <laughs> all those things. And I think there were many, many things when I was younger that I didn't feel confident with. And, you know, so I grew up really feeling, having a lot of anxiety as well. Always worried, always feel scared that if I do this, then it's going to be wrong or it's not good enough. And I think that's a common, common pattern that people have. The more that I listen to other people's story, I think that's very common. So it is definitely something that is daily for me. I try things like obviously affirmation, you know, daily affirmation when I wake up and definitely daily exercise where I block the whole time to just be in the zone. And, but honestly, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Like changing your mindset. It's not something that, you know, you listen to this podcast or this YouTuber or this famous, I don't know, person. And then you can just go, Oh, I change my mindset. It's, I think the point that really clicked for me was probably last November when I was just like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And it, it was actually the point where I let everything go that actually had a really positive impact on me. It was when I was like, I will need to just give a good three months break doing nothing and just really, you know, let everything go. And that's when I was like, kind, kind of, built myself up so yeah it's definitely a daily thing that I need to go through especially you know what my period time <laughs> yes oh my gosh I mean reality check, real time podcast now it's getting real <laughs> no, um, I know so yeah no I definitely agree because you can't just change years of conditioning and thinking mm-hmm. overnight you know for someone who has never been in the business world or never looked at mindset or never even focused on personal development or anything like that, it's not an instant transition. It's something you do need to work on on a daily basis. You need to develop rituals. You need to become committed to working on yourself because through building yourself, your business and whatever it is else it is, is going to end up growing as well. Yeah. So- I was just going to add just one thing thinking about that now another challenge that I have with the business and also the mindset is actually the selling part yeah and that's like the whole essence of business right you have a business because you want to sell something whether that's service or product I really find selling very difficult for me because of whatever mindset I have in the past that wasn't serving me well and I was just always go oh nobody wanted to listen to me uh nobody wants to like you know why would they want my product that is another thing that I'm still you know even now consistently working on. Yeah. And it's just, again, overcoming those limiting beliefs because Mm. the reality is people want your products. People need your products. People want more value brought into their life as well. And that's something so important. If you can share with your audience the value that your product can bring to them, then that's going to go so far for you because rather than just being that annoying salesperson that is just hammering saying buy this buy this buy this show people how you can help them through what you have to offer and then the whole process of sales actually turns into marketing and it just becomes a natural sort of flow of effects that happens so Definitely. yeah I'm, I'm so glad you did bring that up because that's honestly such a good point Now, since it is the real-time podcast, I did have one final question that I really, really wanted to ask you because I ask all of my listeners. So what is one piece of real advice that you want to leave our listeners with today? I think I will leave it as you're in for the long game. And that's whatever you do, whatever you're doing in business, 
whatever you you know if you love corporate job that's fine too you know don't let other people say that's not cool you should do this or that but just remember that you're in for a long game i'm telling myself now as well (laughs) reminding myself and even you know how hard you work that even you work so hard it will still take time and that's that's the reality and we always see people again as i said in the media or in social media where you know, they have, I don't know, I don't know if we even talk about followers anymore, but they have massive followers or they have massive engagement, they have the success or that, but that's the result of their work for many, many years, as I said, if not 10 years. Yes. So we are here for the long game. Emily, are we? (laughs) Yes, we are. Decide what it is you want to do. Decide what your passions are, figure it all out and then commit to it see it through, stick it out, work hard, keep digging and digging and digging. Cause even when you feel like you're nowhere near that diamond, it's literally just one more, where's a little dig of the shovel away. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I have seriously enjoyed having this conversation. I love your energy. I absolutely vibe with you. This has been such a fun podcast to record and I'm so excited for what's ahead for you and your business. So best of luck with it all. Thank you. Best of luck to you too. guys thank you so much for tuning into my real-time podcast i have had so much fun making this and i hope this has been able to help you in some way if you enjoyed this podcast remember to share it with someone who may be in need of hearing it my goal with this channel is to bring you guys content of real value so help me share this message and share this podcast by screenshotting it and tagging me on your stories By doing so, you'll be doing your part in helping me build this platform and build a space where people can listen, can grow, and can overcome whatever obstacles are getting in the way of their success. But that starts with you guys. Tag me at emilyjane.dm in your stories and hashtag realtime and I'll be sure to reshare you on my page. Thank you so much again, guys, for listening in today. Your support honestly means the world to me. So until next time, keep it real.